This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs, joined by Sam Knight and Chip Gibbons for another edition of Chip Chat. Chip Gibbons is a journalist and also the policy director at the excellent group Defending Rights and Dissent. Though he speaks on only his own behalf on Chip Chat, the the time of week where we talk about snacks and national security abuses. Yes, 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 my two favorite topics. So the fairly long saga on whether Congress will or will not reauthorize segments of the Patriot Act concluded at the end of last week. Well, it's still ongoing. The House. Still oh yeah, the to... House still needs to take it up, I guess. But uh, I don't. I'm not expecting it to improve that much. But maybe well, you are. I... Break down what's going on here, Chip. Sure, 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 sure. Um, it's actually a weirdly hopeful moment in some ways. Uh, I did a, a, a live update with someone from Demand Progress, Sean Vitka, um, for defending rights in the Senate lunchtime today about what was up with 215, which I'll explain in a minute. And, and there actually is some reason for hope if you put pressure on people. Um, so a number of uh, three provisions associated with the Patriot Act are up for provision or up for renewal. The big one is section 215. Section 215 gives the authorities the ability to collect any tangible thing under certain circumstances. Uh, when this provision was proposed as part of the USA Patriot Act, Everyone was really upset because they thought it would allow the FBI to look at your library books and see what library books you were you were checking out. And it was hugely controversial, maybe the most publicly controversial part of the Patriot Act for that reason. Uh, fun story, they never looked at your library books that we know of, but they did engage in bulk collection of metadata as was revealed by the Snowden leaks and alluded to, but never revealed by Ron Wyden earlier, the U.S. government had interpreted 215 in a way that many people would say was an erroneous interpretation. Even people who had opposed you know, 215 to begin with would, would question this interpretation. And the NSA, as, as exposed by Edward Snowden, was engaged in bulk collection of American citizens' metadata. And the response to this was to pass the USA Freedom Act. Um, and a number of groups, civil liberties groups, supported the USA Freedom Act. Uh, the group I work for, I didn't work for them then, Defending Rights and Assent, did not support it. A number of civil liberties groups opposed or renewed for on it was quite divisive in the uh, anti-surveillance community, to put it mildly. Although, while I am not speaking on behalf of defending rights and dissent, defending rights and dissent certainly took the right position here. Um, what what the what the USA Freedom Act did was it in theory ended the bulk collection of metadata and replaced what was called the Call Detailed Records Program. And in this situation, the NSA isn't storing the information. The telecoms are storing it. And the NSA, if they have sort of a more targeted search, is supposed to go to the telecoms and, and get the information. So, for example, Sam and Sam, in 2018, the NSA sought records on 11 different targets. How many call records did you do you think they, they got based on those 11 targets? 
Anyone want to guess? Thousands. Um, <clears throat> can I guess that each of those targets was a major telecoms company? And Jackpot. Four. It, would that put me in the right ballpark? They got four thousand. The number is it's a nine-digit number four three four two three eight five four three, which is over four hundred million records, call records based on only eleven targets. So the thing is, is that apparently the NSA is still engaged in bulk collection of metadata, uh, basically. So even the groups that supported the USA Freedom Act are now like, no, get rid of this program. The NSA actually ended it on its own, um, and the current version of the renewal of 215 would not reauthorize the program. There was some debate about whether or not to seek renewal uh, since the NSA ended it since they claimed it was ineffective, and also they kept illegally getting people's information. Um, No one knew why they would push to renew it. But I believe there was some speculation that John Bolton was behind them doing so. But that program is basically dead. But 215 is still up for a renewal. Yesterday, the Senate voted to renew it. Uh, Not yesterday. Last week, the Senate voted to renew it. And um, there was an interesting amendment that passed overwhelmingly from Senator Leahy about um, getting amicus briefs for Mickey's uh, court-appointed experts to represent the interests of individual and privacy civil liberties before uh, the FISA court, um, which would expand when the court has to has to take any time there a matter inv- involves a sensitive investigative matter, the court would have to appoint an amicus. Um, sensitive investigative matters includes, you know, campaigns, journalists, etc. Uh, the other amendment was the Dane, Senator Danes of Montana, Ron Wyden, Ron Wyden, Democrat from Oregon, Republican Democrat, who would have provision would have prohibited the collection of internet website browsing information without a warrant. That got 59 votes and therefore failed to pass in the Senate. And two people who would have voted against or for for the amendment were not present, including, unfortunately, Senator Bernie Sanders, who I, speaking only in my individual capacity, supported for president, as I think many District Sentinel listeners did. We did as Uh, well. We did as well, but we had to throw him in the garbage can on Friday for missing the vote. And that was based on a a vote taken by our subscribers. True. People were upset. Uh, no, they should be. It's 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 outrageous. I mean, there's no. I'm not. I'm not defending it. I'm just pointing out before I lay into him that I did. Well, I did support him. Um. So now it's going to the House, and in theory, Nancy Pelosi could put forward the um Wyden amendment in the House version or let the House vote on it. Uh, it's totally up to House leadership, and. What we're asking people to do at Defending Rights and Dissent is to contact their member of Congress and have them reach out to the House leadership and tell them they want to get to vote on the the Wyden Danes Amendment. Um, well, that, that's and- that's pretty optimistic, Chip, considering that the Senate passed the House bill with with the with the Leahy Amendment. So uh, Pelosi had a chance to consider amendments that would have prohibited warrantless collection of people's online metadata and she chose not to 
when this was being considered, I think back in January or February or March, sometime pre-pandemic. I'm not on here to defend Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is there are 62 votes in the Senate for this provision. If the House puts it in the bill, it will pass the Senate and it is filibuster proof. And it is very rare that we have votes for a good anti-surveillance reform in the U.S. Senate. And that's usually the, the justification for not putting these things in the House bill. And we have 62 votes. As much as I dislike Nancy Pelosi, and as much as I do not expect her to ever do the right thing, <laughs> I think what we should be doing right now is mobilizing to to try to get her to do the right thing, not because she's a good person, but because there is, we can create public pressure for this. And because like I said, we literally have a filibuster proof majority in the Senate, assuming people actually show up to vote this time, which you know, I think they will. And if you go to rightsanddissent.org, we have an action alert you can, you can take to do just this. I mean, a lot I under of the discussion over this renewal of Section 215 centers around web browsing data, search engine queries, and things like that, uh, or maybe just those two specific things. And I was wondering, Chip, uh, does, does that have to do with the fact that other 215 collection programs have stopped and that's what the government mainly uses it for? Uh, was this part of a new push by Mitch McConnell and Republicans in reauthorizing the program to carve out uh, room for warrantless searches of of your uh, internet browser information. I mean, the the timing of this seems a little weird with the uh, with the pandemic. The conspiracy guy in my mind is saying now that everyone's at home, they want to see what you're searching. They want extra authority to see what you're searching online well that that's but then i figure they've they've probably have been doing that already for years yeah i mean that's exactly what ron wyden said and we know that ron wyden has a history of saying things cryptically in public that point to things he knows that are secret and it would suggest to me that yes the telephone metadata program no longer exists but it might have been replaced at some point with a far more nefarious internet metadata collection program i mean it's totally possible i would not put it past them i'm i'm not going to say affirmatively something that i don't know the answer to i mean that's part of the problem with this at, secrecy at, this at least there's thing. there's no restrictions right now that would prevent them from setting up something like that that's my understanding but once again that comes down to how you interpret 215 i'm sure if you were you could argue a savvy person could probably argue they, around this. They tend to um, argue a more maximalist position around yes, this. Yes, yes, it's a secret court, secret proceedings, it's it's secret interpretation. So yes, you know, if you were to go before a public court and have this issue, I'm sure like a crafty law professor could argue a minimalist interpretation and another could argue a maximalist interpretation. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and blanket say they have this authority. I am going to say that we should affirmatively make it clear they don't have this authority. And I would not be surprised if they already believe they have this authority. Do you know anything about the the provision related to like sensitive targets that would just require a sign off by William Barr that Wyden was discussing related to McConnell's efforts was like, I mean, maybe this is related to just Internet searches and Wyden was combining the two when he's like, 
you know, if, if the NSA or whoever, the FBI or whoever can collect uh, individuals' metadata, you can bet that the Trump administration is going to use that to target journalists and political enemies. And the only thing stopping them from doing that is authorization from the attorney general. And in this case, that's William Barr. What, what at least what are, are aren't there aren't there limits on surveillance on journalists and politicians? Those are all set by the attorney general. I mean, Holder put in new guidelines. Uh, we've discussed this before with like the FBI guidelines for non-FISA investigations, right? For like normal investigations, right. uh, targeting a journalist is a considered a sensitive investigative matter, and it requires the sign-off of, I believe, the. Um, the special agent in charge and the chief counsel at that like field office. I feel like we need more protective fun. layers with, with William Barr as the attorney. I mean, we need no. it with whoever the attorney general is. I don't it, trust it, it with Holder. One of the things the Leahy amendment would have done was in a sensitive investigative matter, the court would have had to have appointed an amicus to argue against it from a civil liberty or give a civil liberties perspective. Uh, that's different than what Wyden is doing, but I don't think people realize how there are very few like actual codified statutory rules to protect quote unquote sensitive investigatory matters and that they're largely determined by um by the attorney general i mean all of the fbi rules and guidelines except for those that are statutory so title three governs warrants in criminal just criminal justice context fisa uh governs warrants in foreign intelligence not warrants wiretaps in criminal justice sense, FISA um, covers warrants in um, in foreign intelligence context, uh, things like that, national security letters, pen registers, those are all right, regulated by federal statute, but stuff like using an informant, opening an investigation, going through trash, physical surveillance, using a very large, or not large, using a very um, technically advanced microphone to pick up a conversation in public, wearing a wire, having an informant wear a wire, all of those things are covered by the rules the attorney general puts in place for the FBI. And I just, I want to go back to something I said last week, right? Like William Barr keeps complaining that the predicate was too low in the Carter Page and the Michael Flynn investigation. They lacked predicate uh, in the Carter Page investigation. He said the intrusive level techniques were, were were not justified based on the predicate. The FBI since 2008, thanks to Michael McKay, can open an investigation into someone without any predicate whatsoever. And when the attorney general guidelines were first made after the church committee, you could only use a confidential informant in a full investigation, which had the highest standard to open. Under the current guidelines, you can open, you can use a confidential informant in like an assessment level investigation, that's the investigation of any factual predicate. So, you know, Barr running his mouth going, they used two intrusive te of techniques in the Carter Page investigation based on the amount of predicate they had, right? Like he could change that tomorrow and there's actually some precedent for him to do so. Uh, I would not rely on Barr for anything. 
And I think the entire experiment of relying on the executive branch and the intelligence agencies and law enforcement, the police itself, and put standards on itself has been an absolute and abysmal failure. And that, you know, the church committee proposal of creating a statutory charter for the FBI was a really, and we're talking about the NSA and other agencies here as well, but like Congress should be passing affirmative laws about the, you cannot browse you, uh, you cannot gather the search history without a warrant. You cannot open a sensitive investigative matter without this level of predicate and this level of approval, none of which is currently, you know, mandated by anything permanent. Sam, you got anything else or are we ready to wrap this up? Just curious what uh, Chip's snacking on this week. Uh, before I talk about snacks, I just want to say that, I mean, I know there's not, we usually have a lot of great calls for optimism, but I would really implore people to go to rightsanddissent.org and take the action to try to get the um, House to consider the Wyden Amendment. Uh, like I said, if it passes in the House, the votes are there in the Senate, and this is a very rare opportunity. And you know, as much cause as we have for cynicism, this is one of the one of the best chances we have for a surveillance reform opportunity in some time. If so you it don't is, do it for Chip, do it for me and Sam Sachs, because we live in Washington D.C. and we are only represented in the House by a delegate who only has a committee vote and doesn't have a full vote on the floor. So, you know, they used to allow the delegates to vote on the floor if their vote would not determine the outcome. And the Republicans, when they came to power in like 94, got rid of that because they thought like this symbolic meaninglessness allowing them to vote with no impact was too nice to them. Like that's how the Republicans hate D.C., Puerto Rico, Guam, American Samoa. Like it, literally the rule said they could vote on the floor only if their vote would not make a difference. And if it made a difference, they had to retake the vote. And the Republicans are like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> well, Chip, I got to tell you, I was feeling pretty upset and down about the events in the Senate and really didn't consider the possibility that that the House might might actually consider what happened in the Senate as evidence that they could strengthen this bill and kick it back over to the Senate. So you have given me a little bit more optimism than I had before Chip Chat started. And uh, I can't wait to uh, to blame you once it's dashed. Before 1230 on May 19th, 2020, I did not have much optimism on this either. But like I said, Defending Rice and Ascent did like a lunchtime update on 215. And we brought on Sean Vitka of Demand Progress, who probably knows more about 215 than any other advocacy person in, in D.C. And certainly knows more about the internal uh, sausage making process behind it. And he was shockingly optimistic to me. And so... Blame him. Well, maybe me, maybe we saying. should start having Sean chat and get him on instead of you. <laughs> you know, do whatever you want, Sam. By the way, uh, I am snacking on Chessman cookies. They're a Pepperidge Farm uh, butter cookie that has little graphics of chess pieces on each cookie. Uh, a delicious little treat. Makes for a good breakfast cookie. Uh, one of the few things the British got right. 
That sounds delicious. Yeah. Full full grill pill. I've been uh, grilling country ribs, <laughs> onions, peppers, and I bought some hard shell tacos because I'm trying to not go to Taco Bell. And it's a, it's a, it was delicious. It's a pretty Jordan Rice Peterson type Jordan. snack there, talking about all the grill meat you're, you're snacking on. <laughs> yeah, that's not... Well, I'm still eating sunflower seeds too, so I, I, I felt a little ashamed bringing that up twice. Uh, I was using my panini press to make like a panini black bean burger, um, but I ran out of frozen black bean burgers, so mm. now I am not that. Time to, time to so mask do... up, glove up, and go to the store, Chip. That's... That's my plans for uh, tomorrow. There we go. Well, best of luck with that. Chip Gibbons, thanks so much for coming on again. Always a pleasure.